Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thank you for spending a little bit of your time with me today. We've got a couple things going on today. Of course, we're giving something away. I'll tell you about that in a second. We are going to talk about skill versus routine and the role that establishing routine plays in success and some of the routines that have worked well for me. And then, of course, a few of your questions, and then we'll give something away. Sound like a plan? As always, if there's something you want to hear about on this show, this is your show. So just let me know. Best way to do that is direct message me on Instagram. You can find me there at Elizabeth Benton. But of course, Carrier Pigeon works just as well. Today... We're going to be giving away my favorite probiotic. And the reason for that is the questions that came in today are specifically about fat loss. And they point to what I see as one of the primary reasons people struggle so much in that they think that it's all about exercise and eating. And it's not. It's not. And we're going to get into that. But the microbiome is a huge part of whether your body is willing to burn excess body fat or it's not so willing. So I'm going to give away my favorite today. I'll announce the winner at the end of the show. You can be eligible to win. Just leave a review of this podcast on whatever app you are listening to. And I pick one every single week to give something away to. No matter where in the world you live, I'll just ship it to you for free. And I'll announce that at the winner at the end of the show. So where I wanted to start today is I saw something from Shane Parrish, and it said, what looks like skill is often routine. What looks like skill is often routine. Have you ever looked at somebody, whether it's somebody you know personally in your own life, or it's what you see of somebody on social media, and thought like, that looks so easy for them? whether it's somebody you know who has an incredible fitness routine. They seem like they're so consistent and you wish you could be as consistent in your pursuit of fitness. Or it seems like somebody eats so clean all the time and it must be nice for it to be so easy for them. Or even I notice this when it seems that 
people are just crushing it in business all the time. And they seem to just have impeccable systems and things are always happening and they look good while they're happening and their results are pouring in. And I think of all of those things, this is true. What looks like skill is often routine. I know I've mentioned a number of times that something that struck me that I heard a a professional athlete say when she was questioned, you know, because she works out hours a day, it's her job. And they were asking her about, you know, how do you stay so motivated to work out at such a high level, you know, with such intensity every day? Don't you just want to phone it in? Have days where you're just, I can't, how do you keep operating at such a high intensity day in and day out? And she said, people think it's motivation or that it's some special sauce that they don't have. And it's really not true. It's routine. And once you have a routine, it makes it so much easier. What looks like skill is often routine. The things that we envy in other people, where it feels like it's got to be so easy for them, it's routine. So what does this mean for us? Start to establish a routine. The reason that this can feel harder than it needs to is because we're thinking of routine as something big and it has a lot of elements. Even when we talk about, if we were to boil it down to a morning routine, people are like, well, it needs to have this and this and this and this and this and this. Well, what if it was literally just one thing? And it doesn't mean it's always going to be one thing, but what if you just start with one thing and over time, if you want to, you can build on it? Or what if it's just the one thing of, I always have vegetables at lunch and dinner? That's it. That's where I'm starting. That is the routine that I'm going to get into. No matter where I am, no matter what else I eat, that is something that can be a routine. I did this when... Roman was, gosh, maybe eight, eight-ish months old when it came to working out because I was having a heck of a time between work and breastfeeding and Chris's work schedule getting to the gym. And so the routine could not be more simple. Chris comes in the door around four. I walk out the door as soon as he walks in. And it doesn't matter how long the workout is, but the routine is Chris gets home from work, I leave. So Chris knows that's not his time to run an errand and come home late. That's not the time when he's going to be able to get something done out in the yard. That is his time to come in, take over dad duty, and that's it. It really does not matter as I'm establishing that routine what the workout is, where the workout is, how long the workout is. It doesn't matter. That is the first step to establishing a routine. I hope you feel as encouraged by this as I do, that what what looks like scale is often routine. There was somebody that I noticed in business that all of a sudden seemed to have their stuff together. Not that they didn't before, but all of a sudden they seemed to just have more pieces going out. For example, every week they were telling their, their audience, like, these are the lives that we're doing and these are when we're doing them, and these are the topics. And then afterwards, they were creating content from those lives, and they were 
having offers that were tied to the, it just, all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, it's so streamlined and so systematic and that's not skill, that's routine. Even when I think about this podcast, because there are, especially now, a trillion bajillion Brazilian podcasts out there, right? But statistically, we know that something like, I don't know, 92, 95% don't have more than 12 episodes, I think it is. Don't quote me on the exact numbers, but it's something around there. And there is really no skill to somebody who has a thousand episodes. It's routine. That is encouraging no matter what change you want to make in your life. Start to break it down to what piece of a routine you can start to put in place. What piece of a routine you can start to put in place. If you didn't listen to this past Monday's episode on the difference between planning and being prepared, and then more importantly, different levels of preparation and figuring out what level of preparation you need in order to execute, go back and listen to Monday's episode. I guess it's 981. Make yourself a note. Listen to that episode. It's super important. It was, I was struck by something that James Clear, he wrote Atomic Habits, said about routine-ish or said kind of related to routine. He was saying that as an adult, I believe, you get 25,000 times on average to open your eyes, face the day, and decide what to do next. And he says, like, he's let a lot of those mornings slip by, not being intentional, not using the time well. And using the time well, whether we're talking about from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. or we're talking about from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., is not a skill thing. It's a routine thing. So look at where you're struggling. And it's okay, you might think, I'm struggling in four or five different areas. That's okay. Start by identifying one. Look at one area where you're struggling and ask yourself, what's one piece of a routine that I could start to implement? And if you feel like, I have no idea where to start, then go into the Primal Potential Facebook group and ask, hey, this is the area where I'm looking to establish a first piece of a routine. What do you do? How did you start? And I guarantee you're going to get some ideas. You're never stuck. You never have to be stumped because there are a million resources at your fingertips, most of which are free to do this. What looks like skill is often routine. So you don't have to be the most motivated person in the room or the most disciplined person in the room. You just have to commit to a starting point of a routine, and then you can add to it over time for years and years and years and years, like up until Dagny was born. I had a work routine, and I would get up at 4.30 in the morning. The coffee was ready to go. I prepped it the night before, so all I had to do was push the button. I'd grab my black coffee and my journal. I'd journal for 10 minutes. And then I would get into my top work items, which I had identified the night before. It took me 
10 minutes max the night before and I would dive in and that was just my routine. And because it was a routine, the days when I was too tired, when the alarm went off or didn't feel like it, just wasn't in the mood to work, routine was stronger than those feelings. Sometimes we judge what change is going to feel like or how hard it's going to be from the baseline point we're at now without routine. And that's just crazy because we psych ourselves out and convince ourselves it's going to be harder than it has to be. So trust me on this. Look at the area of your life where you're struggling the most. Just pick one area and ask yourself, what is one piece of a routine, one step, not the full routine, not the ideal, but one starting point that I'm going to implement? I have routines. I stopped drinking coffee. Uh, gosh, probably when I was pregnant with Dagny. Started drinking it again, maybe in between, uh, maybe after Roman was born at some point. But of course, got pregnant again. I'm not drinking coffee. But for the longest time, part of my evening routine was preparing the coffee because the last thing I want to do is wake up in the morning and have to fill the thing with water and rinse out the grinds from the night before. You know, I just, just an extra step. So I would do that and I would define my work priorities for the following day. That's a routine. It's a routine that made my mornings much easier and it took very little time. The return was much greater than the time investment. I have a routine of identifying four meals that we're going to have for dinner in a week. You know, week by week, these are four meals because inevitably one meal will have leftovers, one meal we do family dinners out, one meal will kind of wing it. But four meals, I identify them, I let Chris know what they are, and that is a routine that helps us make great choices at night because every single night is not the like, what are we going to do for dinner? I don't know. What do you want to do? And then it gets late and we end up, you know, ordering pizza. That doesn't happen because of this routine. I have routines with Roman that make parenting so much easier. And every day doesn't feel like the same grind or the same slog because we have a system, we have a routine. And the amount of effort that it takes to establish the routine is far less than the payoff of having it. What looks like skill is often routine. So really think about what you can do with that this week. And again, if you think about it and you think, I don't know where to start, go into the Primal Potential Facebook group, share the area that you're trying to work on, any thoughts you have on where to get started, and ask what other people have done. Okay, we have a couple of questions that you guys wrote in, and I want to weigh in on them. If you've got a question or a topic you want to hear about, let me know. The first one says, why can't I lose weight even though I'm in a calorie deficit? This points to what I said at the top of the show, that a lot of people feel like it's just food. If I'm eating less, I should be losing weight, right? No. No. I did a whole series on this in the podcast years ago. It's still up there. It's um, 
hormones and fat loss series or something. I think it's around episode 11 to 14 or something like that. Fat loss is influenced by what you eat for sure. But that is not all that it is about. What is greater, there are really two things that have a greater influence on your body composition than food. One is your hormones. The other is your microbiome. These two things control the signals in your body that either allow fat burning or don't, that trigger hunger and cravings or suppress hunger and cravings, that uh, support satiety, feelings of fullness, or don't, and you struggle to feel satiated. Food matters. It absolutely matters. But why can't you lose weight even though you're in a calorie deficit? Maybe because there's some hormonal thing going on. Maybe because you've got some insulin resistance going on that ties right into what you're eating. You could be eating at a calorie deficit, but the quality of the food is not there. And remember, the food that we eat sends messages to our body and there's a hormonal response to that. That is why, and again, I've done full episodes and series on this in the podcast, but if we were to say it's just calories, right? Episode 62, I think, is all about why calories aren't the be-all, end-all, which might be a great one to go to. Don't quote me on that, but you can go to primalpotential.com, search calories, and something will come up. I think it's 62. But if we say 400 calories is 400 calories is 400 calories, well, if we compare what happens in the body after you eat 400 calories of chicken and broccoli versus 400 calories of chips and cake, the hormonal response to those two different meals is dramatic. And that hormonal response determines so much in your body from inflammation to whether fat burning is turned on or turned off, whether hunger is turned up or turned down, whether satiety and cravings are turned up and turned down, influences on mood, you name it. So the calorie piece, yes, of course, you can't overfuel your body dramatically and expect it to, to burn fat stores. It's not going to happen. But the fact of the matter is there's so much more to it. So bacterial imbalance, that's the reason I'm giving away my favorite probiotic today, can prevent fat burning, even in a calorie deficit. Inflammation in your body, and I don't mean like knee pain, I mean systemic inflammation at the cellular level, that can turn down or turn off fat burning. Hormonal issues, which could stem from any number of things, could stem from poor sleep, could stem from stress, could stem from the quality of the food that you're eating or not eating. All of those things are at play there. The next question says, I'm really looking for daily meal suggestions to stay in fat burning. So that's not how it works. You're not going to be 24-7 burning fat and I'm going to eat this meal so that I stay in fat burning because if I eat that meal, it's going to turn it off. That's not how it works. Let's say that you're somebody that's actively in a fat loss phase. You are throughout the day going in and out of fat burning. 
And there's many things that influence that, one of them being the fact that you ate. So your body doesn't burn fat because it likes you and wants you to look good naked, right? Your body burns fat when it needs fuel and there isn't fuel in the pipeline because you just ate. So when you consume a meal, and it doesn't matter if it's chicken and broccoli or a handful of nuts or Twizzlers, your body shifts out of fat burning to deal with that fuel. There's not a meal where we could say, well, eat this and that won't happen. No, because the hormonal signals that are sent in response to you eating direct your body to manage that fuel first. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's not like, well, if you have celery and chicken or white fish, you stay in fat burning, but if you have pizza, you're kicked out. Your body is going to go into an anabolic state after you eat versus in fat burning, you're in a catabolic state. The reason your body is in an anabolic state is because it has fuel and it's breaking it down and delivering it where it needs to go throughout your body, your muscle, your brain, your heart, etc., to be stored. So quality of food matters in terms of, let's say, let's go back to the other example that I said, like chicken and broccoli versus, what did I say, cake and something else. In the case of chicken and broccoli, you are creating less of a hormonal disturbance than if you were having something that's like high sugar. And theoretically, of course, how much you eat is a factor here, but theoretically, you are more quickly, you're able to more quickly return to fat burning. Again, though, if you overeat because it's delicious and you think it's healthy and so there's no harm, then that delays that return. But things like fiber, whole foods, protein, quality fats are going to create less hormonal distress than something that is very high sugar, very high carb, um, more processed, that sort of thing. So there isn't a, this meal helps you stay in fat burning, but rather eating this way helps you return to fat burning more quickly. And that is, there's no magical meal. It's just minimizing sugar, processed foods, processed fats, that sort of thing, and eating proteins from whole food sources, fats from whole food sources, fiber from vegetables, that sort of thing. So an example of that, I'll just tell you what we're, we're doing for dinner tonight. We're doing uh, ground beef sauteed with onions and tomatoes and fresh basil over spaghetti squash. So having that meal is going to create less of a hormonal disturbance and set me up to return to fat burning mode more quickly if that's what I was in than say pizza. Okay. All right. Um, But again, I think it's important to mention here, I made a note to myself that just because you are eating those things that I just mentioned, you know, whole food sources of this and that, proteins and fats and fiber from veggies, if you have systemic inflammation from sugar binges, from stress, if you have hormonal imbalances, that is a greater factor than what you're eating, right? The food really matters. It absolutely does. 
but a lot of folks are overlooking the impact of things that are not food related, like the health of their microbiome, their overall inflammation throughout their body, their hormonal balance. And there are many ways to tackle this. Supplements are one of them. Nutrition is one of them. Eating really clean, really consistently is going to help inflammation, is going to help your hormones, is going to support your microbiome. And conversely, eating lots of sugar, lots of starch, processed foods is going to disrupt your hormones and your microbiome and trigger inflammation and all of those things. But things like stress and sleep and supplementation are also factors here. So important things to talk about. The winner of my favorite probiotic is Suzy Q3422. Suzy Q3422, that's the username who left the review of the show this week. Thank you very, very much for doing that. Email me, Elizabeth at primalpotential.com. Let me know where that you were the winner for 982. Include your mailing address, and I will ship that out to you no matter where you live. And for those of you that are wanting to grab that, maybe to offset any microbiome imbalances that you are experiencing, I will put the link in the show description along with a coupon code. If you've got questions, if you've got topics that you want to hear about, let me know. I'll chat with you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.